Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Pop Culture Confidential, and I'm Christina Yerling-Biru. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me. This is Pop Culture Confidential, a part of the Evergreen Podcast Network. One of the many great things I learned speaking to Numira Pass is she doesn't like it when people do things half-assed. And she practices what she preaches. Numira Pass is all in. All in when it comes to work and all in when it comes to life. I also learned that she's always up for a challenge. We know her from her wide-ranging movie roles as Lisbeth Salander in The Girls with the Dragon Tattoo. She starred in Ridley Scott's Prometheus in Sherlock Holmes, just to name a few. Numira Pass is a force of nature who in her latest film, Lamb, clashes with nature. Lamb, written and directed by Valdemar Johansson, is about a couple on a farm in rural Iceland. Rapaz plays Maria, suffering immense grief after the loss of her child. She's turned off emotionally. The couple discover a strange newborn in their sheep barn, and they decide to raise her as their own. They call the half-lamb, half-child Ada, but have they clashed with nature, and what are the consequences? Maria in Lamb is just one of the interesting characters that Rapaz is playing at the moment. She's also starring in the Sundance hit You Won't Be Alone, a Macedonian folk horror, as well as the upcoming Netflix film Black Crab, which is set in a post-apocalyptic world. Rapaz plays Caroline Ied, who's not only on a mission to stop the war, but also bring her daughter back safely. In our conversation, we talk about how Numi chooses the roles she plays today. How she literally is fire and ice, a blend of an Icelandic upbringing and Swedish and Spanish parents. How her own experiences of handling emotions and grief have informed her latest characters. And how and why Lamb is her most personal movie ever, and her son's favorite of her career. And much more. Here is Numi Rapaz. Numira Pass, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. So I've had a couple of really fascinating Numira Pass months here with such original films and fascinating characters. First, Valdemar Johansson's Lamb, which is a contained family drama in an Icelandic valley. I saw you in the Sundance premiere of Goran Stovelik's You Won't Be Alone, a 19th century Macedonian folk horror in a mountain village. And then, of course, the Netflix film, Black Crab, which is a post-apocalyptic war thriller. This is like heavy, original stuff. What are you looking for when you choose a role today? Wow. Um, well, thank you, first of all, for taking the time and digging into my my world <laughs> and the last year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I think it's always a combination of um, the story, like of, um, uh, like the marriage between the actual story we want to tell the character the director 
and me. It's it's like it's never just one thing. I would say um, I'm very drawn to to like um, originality, something new, something that hasn't been told. Like new new. I want to walk kind of new roads. I want to. I don't want to follow like an old roadmap of how to do things or like oh I know this recipe. I'm going to do this character again. I always try to find like something new to explore and dig into and um and i'm very drawn to to bravery in any form um so i i guess it's always something different but i need to fall in love every time and there's some very strong representations of mothers in these films um and i thought that was interesting because there's a lot of that right now with things like lost daughter and almodovar looking into this mm. is this something you've mm. been thinking about recently you know funny enough when i started my when I started um, my kind of film career, the first kind of proper lead role I did was Daisy Diamond, um, a Danish film. And then I went in and did Baby Call, which was a Norwegian film. And then I did Svina Lengona, uh, Beyond, um, a Swedish film. And that was like three films exploring motherhood in different forms. And then I've kind of been taking a break from motherhood <laughs> and I've been in space. I've been fighting, I've been shooting, I've been, you know, whatever. <laughs> and now it kind of felt like, strangely enough, if I kind of zoom out and kind of have a bird perspective on myself, I'm kind of, I've been back in exploring and, and, and kind of investigating motherhood in different forms. Um, and I would say that Lamb and Black Crab and You Won't Be Alone is all about kind of being a woman in this world and, and motherhood and, and, and being a parent and, and what that does to you and how you can you know the, the, the fighter in you the lioness in you basically right. and I think that you know me being a mother I mean that is kind of what's freshest in my 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 first thoughts in the morning and my last thought is probably you know connected to my son somehow to what it is to be a human who happens to be a, a mother so I feel like it's something that is very personal to me you said that when you start preparing for a film, you start with honesty, that you find yourself in her or in him or in the character. Mm -hmm. What is it in Maria that you found in yourself? Well, I, I did grow up in, in between Sweden and Iceland and, and the harshness of nature and like kind of the contradiction of the clash between having a, a vulnerable, a broken soul or, you know, kind of feeling bleeding inside. Um, and then kind of being out in this wilderness where the wind is just like kind of slapping you in the face and you know it's stunningly beautiful but you're just so small compared to nature and how you're it's all I kind of I, I got this feeling several times when I was a child that you know the winds and the and, and the weather the weather conditions kind of just washed and cleansed my soul somehow I still have memories when I was out riding with my grandmother out playing on the fields around Solheim, the little village we, where, where we lived in Iceland when I was like five, six, seven. Um, how the nature and, and the conditions of the just the land, just the Icelandic, the smell and the winds and the rain and the snowstorms, how that kind of took, took control over my inside as well, strangely mm -hmm. enough. And that was something that I kind of reconnected with when I was, standing up on like it was like one day I was up on a hill um and it was a break and I just kind of walked off set and I was standing up on a hill and I was like looking down at the little the little farm that we were shooting at and I was like felt so 
so in tune and so connected and so small at the same time. I was like, I'm just, I'm just a drop in the ocean. You know, it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in this whole, like, oh, it's about me. And you walk into a room and you expect everyone to pay attention to you. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a, it's, it's a, it's definitely a disease amongst, um, you know, actors and, and kind of people that are in the, in, in kind of the spotlight somehow that you start to think that it's, you know, that everyone is talking about you and care about you. And then it's like, you know, it was really like a wake up call. A cleansing. You know, kind of being yeah. there. Yeah, cleansing and, and, and a reminder of, of life. And I feel like that is something I found myself in Iceland when I was a kid. That's kind of where I felt like I was born there almost, you know. It was almost like I was half alive <laughs> before I moved to Iceland. And then when we moved there, I was like, wow, this really grounded me. I found my place on earth somehow. Because I married, uh, I married nature, sort of, and uh, and that kind of came back to me when I did lamb. Um... I have a similar background from you, not Iceland, but Spain. My mother was from Spain, and I grew up between many different countries in the U.S. and, and Sweden. And oh wow! So I spent. Um, you know, you, and... do you, you know, my my real dad was Spanish. Oh, I know God, that's why I. Little, yeah, <laughs> I do. What are the other parts of you, like the Spanish part and the Swedish part? Um, if, if yeah, Iceland I mean, is nature. <laughs> but Spain is fire for sure. You know, I feel very. I've always felt that you know I have a lot of fire in me, and it goes like it's it's I'm burning inside, and it's like you know it goes up to like extreme heat, and then it can slow down to ember. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's like. I kind of, you know, and, and I think that fire kind of clashed sometimes with the Swedish kind of coolness. When I grew up, I was like, why everyone's so calm? <laughs> like, and like, why, like I, I had like a problem kind of interpreting like, you know, my surroundings sometimes when I was a kid and especially oh, yeah. as a teenager, I was way too much. I was too loud. I was too emotional. I was too, I had too strong opinions. I was like black and white, you know, kind of really fiery. And, I, and then, you know, when I started to I kind of work with some um, people from that region and like Italian people and so on, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, that is something more kind of Southern European, Spanish, you know, that I relate to and that I really feel connected to, you know, the, the emotions, you carry your emotions on your sleeve and it's like you, you show them and you, you know, you, you, you kind of, you're very, kind of more passionate than more outspoken maybe. Um, so th- that is definitely my Spanish side. And then Swedish, I was thinking about it the other day, you know, I think it's a combination of my mother and the Swedish kind of socialistic perspective on life that, you know, we all kind of, we are equal, we should take care of each other. And, you know, everyone should have the same chances in school and in and, and healthcare. And we are in it together. And, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't leave people behind. I think it's a mentality that I've gotten from my mom and 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 I remember when I lived, we lived in Iceland when Swedish um, assassinated. Um, oh, Palme. Ulf Palme. Palme. Yeah, yeah, Palme. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, when he died, I was I, I, we lived in Iceland. I remember my mom just crying, and and it was a very big moment for me. And then you know, I think you know, his uh, dangerous politics, if you would see it from a <laughs> from a perspective of American eyes, you know, has very much been my perspective. And then I remember when I first came to LA and I started doing interviews and I just like slowly started to realize like it's a very different view on 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 society and, and classes and mm-hmm. money and you know and I just that that's when I find myself really Swedish. I was like, wait, what? Like 
everyone should have been able to afford, you know, healthcare. Everyone should be treated. Everyone should have a bed. Everyone should have a, you know, a seat, you know, and, and should have education, you know. So I think that is probably the most Swedish side. With well, perfect mix. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to, to Lam. Um, I had a very strong reaction to Maria, particularly her grief. Um, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, and how her grief has sort of caused her to turn off, but she's still trying to live. What did you draw on for this particular part of her? I, that you, I mean, I think it's, um, it's a way I dealt with strong emotions throughout my life. That you, uh, my Icelandic grand- grandmother kind of said to me, you know, um, during harsh times, she was like, Tata lagas. it means it's going to be okay. And you mm-hmm. just like close the lid. <laughs> you don't allow yourself to to live and explore, be in those emotions because they will destroy you basically. So you toughen up, you close the door to to that emotional room, and then um, you just get on with life. And then you know slowly rebuild yourself, maybe from the outside in rather than from the inside out. And I feel like. Maria just kind of forces herself to function in the everyday life of being a farmer, you know, going out, you know, driving the tractor, you know, taking care of the lambs and the sheep and the dogs and like, you know, this kind of everyday routine um, that she just kind of functions in, but she doesn't allow herself to feel because she would fall apart. And then I think, you know, when this new opportunity to healing or this bridge from the grief to, to, to joy or happiness or to, to like mending this rest, kind of a medicine, you know, Avda arrives and, and then slowly she starts to heal like the internal scars because that becomes oxygen into that closed, closed inner room. And then slowly she starts to allow herself to feel again. Um, I want to be careful um, spoiling the ending, so I'm not going to talk about that at all. But you've talked about Ada mm. um, and and the filmmakers. It's a half lamb, half child. Um, a little bit about the filming mm. process of Ada. Did you work with both children and lambs, or how, how did this? Yeah, I mean, I'm a very impatient woman, and um, <laughs> I want. I I prefer to move fast and to like you know kind of have a good speed and you know be like you know uh, you know we know what we need to achieve and you know we know what's on the schedule and let's like tick the boxes and then you know on lamb it's like okay we're just gonna throw that mindset out of the window because it's children not like and animals <laughs> they don't do what you want they have their own agenda <laughs> <laughs> so I think like you know a lot of days on set is just like a waiting game for lambs you know, human babies or lamb babies to fall asleep or to calm down or whatever. So it was like a very different, you know, I feel like we all strangely enough kind of tuned into the, to, to a non-communic, like a non-language communication. And, uh, you know, and I found myself really loving that. And like, that it was not also Valtimar, he doesn't talk much, you know, it's, it was mm-hmm. kind of, 
uh, a silent language or you tune in on energies and and chemistry and you you start to read different other signals you know how does how does the lamb breathe you know is she calm is she is she stressed you know and you can also and and it, it was kind of amazing to discover that human babies and lamb babies are quite similar in the signs and how they communicate when they don't have words but you were acting against the lambs yeah, 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 a lot. It was very, it, it was only kind of, we didn't have green screen, green screen at all, like maybe once. And then sometimes the human babies, we were trying to have them to keep on those like bold caps, like kind of neon green bold caps, but they, they kind of kept tossing off them. So it was like, um, you know, we definitely real creatures all the time. It, it was, it was strange, you know, because I felt like I tapped into um, a different rhythm that I've never experienced before. And also the script by Sean um, is so sparse in his words. It's the first time I've read the script. I was like, I don't want to change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, Valtemar and Sean kind of created a, a visual world for me and, and a very strong character and with very few words that I could kind of allow myself to rest in and fully just embrace and I didn't need to take anything out and I didn't didn't need to add anything which is very rare so I had this great trust in the creation I was already stepping into which is very rare I was thinking there's a very heartbreaking scene with the mama lamb in the movie but how did the real mama sheeps react you were birthing them you were taking their children to act with them I mean they trained her a lot. She had a lot of rehearsals to do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, that was her. We were we were holding her, her, the lamb baby in the house, you know. So when she's outside, like, basically calling and screaming for her child, that was very much real, you know. And then it was, I found myself sometimes being scared of her because she had this, like, <laughs> mean eyes, mean look on me. It was very real that it was a competition and a battle between us because she was like, don't take my baby. And I was like, your baby doesn't belong to you anymore. She's a part of me now. And like, she's a part of my happiness. So I could feel like, you know, she and and I was definitely her target. You know, she was every time I stepped out from the house, she was like, it felt like she was looking at me. So I think she kind of knew that it was like I was the main source of I was the kidnapper. You know, I was the one that took her child. But obviously, between takes, and you know, we kind of uh, the the the, the um, animal caretaker kind of brought her baby to her between takes. So it was like they were not separated for a long time. But still, you know, and it was it was just. I remember I was with my um, with Stella that I worked with. She was on set. Um, my manager. She came on set, and she was like, we were both kind of looking at this the mother sheep, and we we're like, you know, Stella is also mother. We were like, kind of reflecting over the fact that she's not that different from us you know she's also a mother you know calling and fighting for her child and not very unlike us you know and this kind of this kind of strange deep connection with the mother sheep just kind of appeared (laughs) i asked valdemar very briefly about how this story was received around the world and it was interesting because he said that like for example in mexico where they're very in tune to folk tales and you know religious iconography and this is definitely that with maria and the lamb and everything um what has surprised you the most about the reactions around the world to be honest uh boys between like 18 and 20 in the u.s 
apparently they gave it like nine out of ten which is like completely shocking and my son who's 18 turning 19 he's like it's one of his favorite movies and he's like like it's the best work i've done he was like he came out with like tears in his eyes and just hugged me for a very long time and he was like he loved it and i was so surprised and he was like he just kept saying how proud he was over me and and they also said that he didn't that he didn't think or he he forgot that it was me he was like it wasn't you it was someone else and i think that was the biggest surprise to me that like his generation of young men really responded to this film that, that i did not expect that i did not that see like see that coming at all and why do you think that is i mean what do you think well i for me it has such you know themes that really caught me off guard as a, as a mother but also in a relationship with another person and how you deal with that when yeah. you're in grief together and how differently you deal with it but i'm not sure about a 19 year old boy honestly no yeah I, I mean i think they're very drawn to something original i think they are they've seen they i yes. think everything that's repetitive Certainly. and that we've seen before and that is predictable they get bored they will just sw- turn it off and I think, you know, the same with like anything that is like he loved parasites, you know, and also like squid games and, you know, anything right. that is like my son loves the lobster by, you know, Yorgos Latimus. Like it's like the things that really stands out that have like a strong originality and DNA and like um, it's like an arrival, like it's a milestone in, in, in kind of you know, in the, in the film landscape, because it's not, nothing like it. And I think maybe the youth today um, are, uh, want that and need that, like a bravery and a statement and that you're not trying to fit in, that you're not creating art to be liked or to be approved or, and you're not repeating an old recipe for success. Now, you describe yourself, um, and you were talking a little bit about, as an all-in type person. <laughs> what does that look like on a daily basis? Um, that I very rarely do things halfway. Um, I'm very committed and I'm very loyal to the decision. And I mean, which can be not always a positive thing because I can have a problem <laughs> backing off from a decision. Like, and it can also be like, you know, it's my way or highway. It's like I can have a hard time compromising sometimes or, you know, it's like I want to do it this way and I clearly think this is the best way. So why don't you join my way, you know? And um, but it's but but when it comes to work, it's definitely a strength because I have, you know, I have endless kind of energy and 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 um, I love what I do. So I think when I sign on to something or, or come on board on something, I will give it my everything. And I know, like, I have a team around me that kind of have the same mindset. So we all kind of live after that kind of mantra. It's like whatever you do, do it, do it, you know, as good as you can. Because then nobody else needs to come out and kind of come after you and clean up your tracks or like do it again, you know. And I feel like if I'm being asked and invited in to play a character or to produce a movie or, 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 or you know, or I mean, in, in work, it's easier when it comes to, to real life. It's a little bit more complicated. But then it's like, I feel like it's a great honor, you know, and I want to give it my everything. So whatever is required you know, I will do even if it's uncomfortable or if it's sometimes, you know, put a lot of uh, pressure on me or, or you know, um, maybe, right. you know, it's not always easy and comfortable and nice. You still have to to do it, you know. It's like life is not always supposed to be 
easy and um and I, I kind of I like a challenge. What kind of you were saying that there were decisions that you had trouble backing off away from? Can you give an example? I mean, I'm just very stubborn. So if we've decided, mm-hmm. if you meet Christina, have we are we going to meet, you know, and do this and this today, and you will cancel on me on the morning? Let's say we was like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna meet, we're gonna do the interview, we're gonna walk walk around, um, you know, the old city in Stockholm, and then we're gonna go for a lunch at this place that you know, the Grand Hotel, which I like to sit. I'm going to look over the, like, you know, the beautiful water and it's a good day. And then in the morning, they're like, no, Christina, cancel on you. I can find that really. It's like, wait, what? But I've been up since five. I've already done my routine at the gym. I've done my eyes, bath. I've prepared it. never cancel on you. No, but like that kind of, I can have a problem switching when someone, you know, but we had a plan. Like we were supposed to do, uh, and then I kind of build, I can build my emotional journey for the day around that event and when it kind of all of a sudden changes or like let's say that you you know I don't like when people come unprepared to work when I'm filming and I've kind of I've been working on the scene I've been working if it's a choreography or you know whatever it is I I come and I'm, I'm like I've done everything I can and then other people show up and they they haven't done you know their preparation or they they don't come they they don't show the the task and the and the mission the same respect. I can find that problematic. I completely understand that. I was just reading um, Charlize Theron in the new book about the Mad Max, who was talking about how actors I won't say who were coming to the set unprepared. That just seemed the audacity of coming unprepared. Just incredible. I can't understand it at all. Yeah, I mean, and same for you. Imagine if you would do this. If you would do this interview with me and you wouldn't have watched my films that would be like and I mean and I've done no. interviews you know for example and I had a, I did an interview once in LA and the journalist was like oh my god can you tell me about the movie and I was like yes tell me what your favorite scene is and I was like what's your favorite scene and I was like you know what I'm, I'm gonna watch it tonight I was like, oh, Wait, what? like why are we even doing like you know what I mean it's like why are we having this conversation then so that is like and then I can find it hard I, I can I think it comes back to me losing respect then, you know, it's like I lose respect for people that do things halfway. It's like, why, why do you even sign on to it? Like, it's better you do something else. If you don't, if you don't want to give it your all, if you don't care about this enough, like why are you even here? And then that's something I've been like forcing myself to work on, on it through, throughout the years. Cause it's like my mindset doesn't always translate in the best way. You know, I need to be sometimes be more diplomatic and more understanding, I guess. No, you don't. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> what are you doing after this? What do you have projects lined up? Yeah, um, I do have um, a lot of things lined up. I'm in Stockholm for a few days for Lamb and then for Black Crab, uh, which I'm very excited about. The kind of you know those two films that are so very different, being out in you know out at the same time. It feels I feel very happy and proud to be you know black crab I, I got to work with some of the finest you know scandinavian actors um which has been you know something i've been wanting to do for a long time um and i'm going and one of them was dar salim danish actor that i've been mm. admiring from afar for quite some time and jakob oftebro was also incredible so it was i feel very proud over this you know of, of being here and being in the group amongst those amazing Scandinavian filmmakers and actors. Can't wait for people to see your projects that are coming up here. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much. 
thank you so much to Numi Rapaz. Black Crab premieres on Netflix on March 18th. Lamb premieres in Sweden on March 11th and is on iTunes in the U.S. And look out for You Won't Be Alone. It should be coming out sometime this spring. And thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. I'm Allison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast. Equipped with a microphone and a long-term fascination of the Kennedy family, I am joined by an incredible cast of experts, friends, and guests to take you on a fun, relaxed, yet informative journey through history and pop culture. From book references to fashion to philanthropy to our modern expectations of the presidency itself, you'll see that there is so much more to Kennedy than just JFK or conspiracy theories. Join me for the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.